0: Radio Free Anvil is an impromptu podcast that could be about anything. Anvil will cover the current rant at the time. Highly opinionated, never apologetic, and almost always proven right, eventually. The views, topics, opinions, comments, and possible accusations are those of the expressor and are not necessarily those of the other host, other podcast or of the management. They may not even be his, sometime Anvil will be the devil's advocate just to start a conversation. All programs on the LTIA network are at will programs and as such you the listener can just turn it off if you are offended by the content. We are also under the legal stipulations of Let's Talk It All Network.
1: found, you have, found you radio, have found Radio Free Anvil. Um, Anvil. And you heard it right. This is the Anvil Free Radio. Radio Free Anvil. Anvil Free Radio. Radio Free Anvil. R-F-A. Radio Free Anvil. I've uh, been gone for a while, but I'm back. And uh, <clears throat> we'd like to jump into some things that are going on that a lot of times people think I'm just making stuff up, pulling stuff out of thin air, or other places, uh, just to hear my own voice. And although I like to hear my own voice, uh, I like to hear myself talking about uh, facts and the things that are going on in today's world. So, one of the big things going on right now, and I just heard that we are, again... Sending more money, more military aid, more financial aid, to the tune of a half a billion dollars more, and that member may be off, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was a half billion, um, dollars more to Ukraine in weapons and money. I'm not sure what the money's for, uh, but we are sending more weapons. Um, here a little while back, Michael Blumenthal, who is an investigative reporter, uh, and a foreign correspondent, and someone that doesn't seem to be specifically corrupted or indebted to uh, the mainstream media, gave us a take on the Ukraine situation and what is and is not going on over there. I've got a cut. It's a little bit long. But this was uh, Mike in front of congressional leaders. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is Mike in front of the U.N. Mike was at the U.N. asking the U.N. what the hell they're going to do to fix this situation. Take a listen. Mr. Max Blumenthal.
2: Thank you. And I thank uh, Alex Rubenstein and Wyatt Reed for helping me prepare this address Wyatt reed is a journalistic colleague of mine who in october 2022 happened to be in donetsk when his hotel was shelled by the ukrainian military with a apparently u.s made howitzer nearly killing him he was 100 meters away i'm also here with my friend the civil rights activist randy Krediko, who was more recently in donetsk and witnessed regular high mars attacks on civilian targets i am here not only as a journalist who spent over 20 years writing books Doing producing documentaries and writing articles about conflict and politics from several continents. I'm also here as an American taxpayer who's been dragooned into funding a proxy war that has become a threat to the regional and international stability at the expense of my country, men and women. This June, just June 28th, as emergency crews work to clean up yet another toxic train derailment in the United States, this time on the Montana River, further exposing our nation's chronically underfunded infrastructure and its threats to our health. The Pentagon announced plans to send an additional $500 million worth of military aid to Ukraine. The development came as Ukraine's army enters the third week of a vaunted counteroffensive that CNN describes as, quote, not meeting expectations, and which even Vladimir Zelensky says is going slower than desired. As Ukraine Military failed to breach Russia's primary defense line. CNN reported on June 12th that Kiev had lost, quote, lost 16 U.S.-made armored vehicles sent to the country. So what did the Pentagon do? It simply passed that bill down to average U.S. taxpayers like myself, charging us another $325 million to replace Ukraine's squandered military stock. There was zero effort to consult the U.S. public's position on the matter, and the vast majority of Americans likely did not even know the exchange took place. This policy that I'm describing to you, which sees Washington prioritize unrestrained funding for a proxy war with a nuclear power in a foreign land, while our domestic infrastructure falls apart before our eyes, exposes a disturbing dynamic at the heart of the ukraine conflict an international ponzi scheme that enables western elites to seize hard-earned wealth from the hands of average u.s. citizens and funnel it into the coffers of a foreign government that even transparency international ranks as consistently one of the most corrupt in europe the u.s. government has yet to conduct an official audit of its funding for ukraine the American public has no idea where their tax dollars are going. And that's why this week, we at the Gray Zone published an independent audit of U.S. tax, tax dollar allocation to Ukraine throughout the fiscal years 2022 and 23. Our investigation was led by Heather Kaiser, a former military intelligence officer who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. We found, among many bizarre payments, a, 400, a $4.5 million payment from the U.S. Social Security Administration to the Kiev government. We found $4.5 Five billion dollars worth of payments from the U.S. Agency for International Development to pay off Ukraine's sovereign debt, much of which is owned by the global investment firm BlackRock. That amounts to $30 taken from every U.S. citizen at a time when 4 in 10 Americans cannot afford a $400 emergency. We found tax dollars earmarked for Ukraine, padding the budgets of a television station in Toronto, a pro-NATO think tank in Poland, and believe it or not, even rural farmers in Kenya. We found tens of millions to private equity firms, including one in the Republic of Georgia, as well as a million-dollar payment to a single private entrepreneur in Kiev. Our audit also revealed the Pentagon's $4.5 million contract with a company called Atlantic Diving Supply to provide Ukraine with unspecified explosives equipment. This is a notoriously corrupt company that none other than Tom Tillis, the chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, previously lambasted for its, quote, history of fraud. It, once again, Congress has failed to ensure these shady payments and massive arms deals are properly tracked. In fact, much of the military and humanitarian aid shipped to Ukraine has simply vanished. Last year, CBS News quoted the director of a pro-Zelensky nonprofit in Ukraine who reported that only 30% of aid was reaching the front lines. The embezzlement of funds and supplies is at least as troubling as the potential consequences of the illicit transfer and sales of military-grade weapons. Last June, the head of Interpol warned that the massive transfers of arms into Ukraine means, quote. We can expect an influx of weapons in Europe and beyond, and that criminals are now, as we speak, focusing on them. This May, a group of anti-Kremlin Russian exiles outfitted with gear supplied by the Ukrainian government was hailed. By Western politicians for carrying out terrorist attacks in Russian territory using American made Humvees. Although the group, the so called Russian Volunteer Corps, is led by a man who calls himself the, quote, White King, and includes numerous open admirers of Adolf Hitler, described as neo Nazis in U.S. mainstream media, the Western weaponization of this militia against Russian forces and Russian civilians has not prompted any outcry from Congress. And while the Biden administration has promised that it's keeping tabs on the weapons sent, a State Department cable last December conceded that quote, kinetic activity and active combat between Ukrainian and Russian forces create an environment in which standard verification measures are sometimes impracticable or impossible. The Biden administration not only knows that it cannot track the weapons it's shipping to Ukraine, it knows that it is escalating a proxy war against the world's largest nuclear power and daring it to respond in kind. We know this because back in 2014, and this timeline is so important, That's when NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said that the war started following a U.S.-backed coup d'etat. President Barack Obama rejected demands from Kiev to send lethal offensive weaponry because, as the Wall Street Journal put it, he had a, quote, long-standing concern that arming Ukraine would provoke Moscow into further escalation that would drag Washington into a proxy war. When Donald Trump entered office in 2017, he attempted to hold the line on Barack Obama's policy, but was soon branded a Russian puppet by the Beltway Press Corps and the Democratic Party for refusing to send Raytheon's Javelin missiles to the Ukrainian military. His reluctance to send the Javelins became a central theme of his impeachment, and he predictably relented. As U.S.-made offensive weaponry began to reach the front lines of the Donbass, the collective West exploited the Minsk Accords to, quote, give Ukraine time to arm up, as the former German Chancellor Angela Merkel put it. In January 2022, the U.S. announced a $200 million arms package to Ukraine. Follow the timeline. By the 18th of February, observers from the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe reported a doubling in ceasefire violations, with OSCE maps showing the overwhelming majority of targeted sites on the side of pro-Russian separatists in Donetsk and Lugansk. Five days later, Russia invaded Ukraine. And since then, the U.S. and its allies have been scurrying up the escalation ladder at every opportunity. Quote, things we couldn't give in January because it was escalatory were given in February, a former State Department official complained after meeting with Ukrainian counterparts. And things we couldn't give in February, we can in April. That has been the distinct pattern, starting with, for crying out loud, stingers, referring to shoulder-mounted rockets. Joe Biden himself said in March 2022, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War III. Just over a year later, Biden changed his tune, backing a plan to provide F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine, and after pressuring Germany to send in the tanks he once feared would provoke World War III. It would only take two months from the time Ukraine received HIMARS, Lockheed made HIMARS systems for the U.S for the for the ukrainian military to begin targeting critical infrastructure using them to strike the antonovsky bridge over the dnipro river and again two months later in a test strike on the kohovka dam to see if the dnipro's water could be raised enough to stymie russian crossings as the washington post reported three weeks ago the kohovka dam was destroyed triggering a major environmental catastrophe that caused mass flooding and contamination of the local water supply. Ukraine, of course, blames Russia for this attack, but has produced no evidence. Around this time, Ukraine also baselessly accused Russia of planning a provocation at the Zaporozhia nuclear plant. This triggered a resolution by Senators Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal, no relation to me, calling for NATO to intervene directly in Ukraine and attack Russia if such an incident occurred. The move by Blumenthal and Graham thus established a de facto red line for initiating U.S. military action, much like the one set down in Syria, which, as a former U.S. diplomat commented to journalist Charles Glass, was an open invitation to a false flag. Will we see another Duma deception, but this time in Zaporozhye, This time with nuclear consequences? Why are we doing this? Why are we tempting nuclear annihilation? By flooding Ukraine with advanced weapons and sabotaging negotiations at every turn. We've been told by people like Senator Dick Durbin that Ukraine is literally in a battle for freedom and democracy itself. And therefore, anyone who opposes military aid to Ukraine opposes the very defense of democracy, according to this logic. So where's the democracy? In Vladimir Zelensky's decision to ban opposition parties, to criminalize the media outlets of his legitimate political opponents, to jail his top political rival and his deputies, to raid orthodox churches and jail clergymen. Where is the democracy in the Ukrainian government's imprisonment of Gonzalo Lira, an American citizen simply for challenging the official narrative of Ukraine's war? And where is the democracy in Zelensky's recent decision to suspend elections in 2024 on the grounds that martial law has been declared? The answer is that Ukrainian democracy is
1: harder to... Okay. So, yeah, and now we're sending even more more money and guns over, over to these folks. So that's just, that's quite frankly uh, insane. And... Uh, I don't know. We really need to be looking at the whys and wherefores that we're so freaking invested in this process. Uh, Other things going on uh, today on the uh, Ray Free Anvil. Um, COVID scam. It is 2023. We are finding out more and more every day that a lot of the COVID precautions were completely completely unnecessary Uh, a vaccine an untested concoction of chemicals and metals and other things uh, were touted in an incredibly short time frame as being the end all cure all to COVID and everyone was prompted and pushed and prodded and cajoled to take this vaccine. Um, I'm going to play you one clip that talks about uh, the COVID scam itself, about how we should have known right away something was wrong when one rule applied to one group and not to another group if everyone is susceptible to COVID. And then I'm going to follow that up with an update and this was in the Wisconsin legislature as one of the representatives is talking to a uh, official about the vaccine and uh, its current status. So let's take a listen to these two clips.
0: My friend. Yes. So the people who were propagating Corona to get Trump out, right? The same people who were supporting the Black Lives Matter protests, Every logical person was sitting there going, well, I can't go to my grandmother's funeral. I can't go to the birth of my baby. I can't go and see more than three friends in a house. But these people are protesting en masse, and the police are not stopping them. How the fuck does that work? Because if you're going to talk about close contact, social distancing, a riot where you're running, sweating, breathing heavy, that's pretty much uh, as, as good as it's going to get, right? So then they put in the news, Black Lives Matter protests haven't led to COVID-19 spikes. And they somehow come out in the news and rationalize how the Black Lives Matter protests have not contributed to COVID-19, despite all the social closeness. Then Trump goes, oh, I didn't know we could have all these people together. I'll hold a rally. So Trump holds a big rally. And then they say Trump campaign rally led to more than 30,000 coronavirus cases. The same news is going to tell you that a Trump rally will make corona, but a Black Lives Matter rally won't. The, this... Send me the, the link so we can... Explain this to me. Oh, explain, okay. The same news source are going to say that depending what your politics are, you're going to spread corona. <laughs> but if you're on our side, you don't spread corona. Send me the link so people can see it. And then people are going to sit there and go, ah, but it's a, it's just a, it's a disease, it's not political. It's absolute politics. It's a lie. And they use it against the people they don't like. It's a lie. How the fuck does that make... We do not have a vaccine currently on the market for COVID-19 that is licensed and FDA approved.
2: That's
3: correct.
0: We no longer have an emergency pandemic. It has been declared over. That's correct. We still have mandates that are across this country in different sectors for this vaccine. Is that correct?
3: That's correct.
1: Okay. okay. So... Uh not only in retrospect do we say we were blind uh that we there should have been tip offs all along, and I'll do a whole nother show on the COVID pandemic lessons to learn. Uh but now a vaccine that for, for months, almost a year, we were told to use. Um now the the uh FDA, C D C They've all come out and said, "No, th- this isn't. This isn't approved. Uh, it's no longer for emergency use. Uh, there's stuff that's just not right about this, and we just can't approve it to be used on a normal, everyday of the week basis." Even though, even though officials are still telling people to vax up, um, I don't know you're going to have to. You're going to have to weigh that one for yourself and make your own decisions. Um, Congressman, I believe it was either earlier this week or last week, uh, got on the floor of Congress and pretty much came out and said what a lot of people are thinking, uh, but we can't say because of the uh, pigment of our skin specifically. Uh, Wes Hunt, Congressman Wes Hunt, uh, had some interesting comments. Uh, Wes Hunt is a, is a man of color. Um, there is no doubt uh, about his specific ethnicity. Uh, he's not a passer. He's not one that just got by based on his light colored skin. Uh, but he is uh, one of the people of color that you need to be listening to at this point.
4: Does it matter where you've come from? There is no excuse. For if a direct descendant of a slave can become a United States Congressman in a district that President Trump would have won by 20 points and we won by 30, it's a district that's 72% white. And I ran against nine other white guys in a Republican primary and beat them by 30 points. This is a meritocracy. We shouldn't be in the business of talking about how hard somebody else had it i can assure you we being a part of the human condition we all have our struggles but i'm going to tell you that in this country don't spend your time being a victim Spend your time figuring out how to be somebody we are not perfect in this country but we always strive for christ-like perfection because we always strive to get better from generation to generation it's why i'm standing here today
1: Does it matter where. Okay. So while we're talking about people of color, we're talking about people of color, and I've always said that if you perpetuate the stereotype, you will never break the chains that enslave you. If you perpetuate the stereotype, you will never break the chains of racism. So. This is a radio talk show. Local people of color, and I believe there's one one white guy in the group, but people of color talking about how uh, rap and rap culture, and how destructive it is, and how almost critical it is that keeps the thoughts of racism alive let's take a listen
3: yeah, like when i said uh black culture promotes degeneracy that's something that everybody knows and if you listen to any rap music like dirt i listen to lil dirk all the time he's rapping about murder all the time like literally all the time And he's muslim and i hope alhamdulillah he becomes a better muslim but he's rapping about murder constantly that he knows that that will sell more music he knows that rap beef and like i'm gonna kill you you're gonna kill me but you're 29 with kids still talking about like killing other people and you're gonna risk your life over over music like everything that hip-hop promotes besides yay and besides a few like You know christian rap or stuff like that it's all just drugs and we all know that when when they talk about we need to protect black culture this is the number one this is how you prove that black um black culture in america promotes degeneracy because when a black person becomes more affluent when they put on a suit when they get a good job when they speak correctly you're speaking white yo why are you talking like a white boy i'm just speaking english properly When they talk about keeping black culture black in those affluent areas, like as a lawyer, as a doctor, they mean they want a doctor who's also sagging. They want a a doctor who's still banging and throwing up signs.
4: I mean,
1: I agree that there's a lot of stuff within hip-hop culture that is kind of negative, for sure. All of it. All of, it. <laughs> all of it Like, uh, you really put me on the spot here to, all like, of to it. think about it objectively. What, what
3: do they promote that's positive besides like in some of their interviews you listen to like Polo G for example who go on an interview I'm like yeah man I, I like what you're talking about like you're uplifting people but you listen to the music I'm like oh this is all murder for example like when I said uh,
1: alright agreed, disagree if you stop and think about it, take a step back put, put, your, put your emotions on check and take a step back uh, some of that will make sense and there's there's there's, there's white music that has hidden meanings and in violence and things like that in it uh, But it's nothing nothing like the the hip-hop and rap uh, On the whole not all of it not all of it, but on the whole uh, So everything we're still doing we're doing for climate change to stop climate change for the love of God, the White House is actually thinking about finding ways to blot out the sun, and it's helpful, radiation, in order to cool the planet. In order to cool the planet, because this planet has no idea how to take care of itself without liberals jumping in and doing their little part to make it better of course they just all flew private planes halfway around the world to have a conference about it and still use private planes let's start let's start with the things we can really do like how about we ban the use of private planes everyone flies commercial now there can be a really upgraded first class but one or two people on a private plane flying around the world. I don't know. Sounds like we're adding to the carbon footprint. But this is about electric vehicles specifically and just the impracticality of electric vehicles. Take a listen.
4: He he wants 50% of new cars to be electric by 2030. True, but I guess now it's 60%. True or false, typical electric car requires six times the mineral inputs of, of a conventional car.
1: Yes.
4: If 50% of the cars were electric vehicles today, is there enough power on the electric grid to charge them all? Absolutely not. No. You said in your written statement, Mr. Bradbury, i want to quote you, if every
3: country in the world achieved its stated EV targets by 2030, the total savings in carbon dioxide emissions would be expected to reduce global temperatures by only 0. 0.0002 degrees Fahrenheit by the year 2100. Given this fact, is it unilaterally gutting the U.S. auto market critical mineral supply chain and the grid stability? Is that the solution for addressing the temperature goals? Well I I don't think
4: so.
1: True. Yeah. So these minerals and things are mining, they're not here in the United States. They're not under they're not under the Department of Environmental Conservation. They are not under the Department of the Interior. They are being mined overseas in Africa, in China. Where uh, let's just say the labor laws aren't quite as restrictive as they are here, and the environmental laws definitely aren't as restrictive as they are here. But hey, you know, as long as we feel good about what we're doing, uh, way way to go. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, I still, I know I'm harping on this, I've been harping about it because other platforms, um, the blatant hijacking of the LGB community by the TQI group—it um, it continues. Um, the 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 T the TQI group is uh, a small percent of that population. Yet everyone, everyone from Car manufacturers, beer manufacturers, clothing, athletics, sports teams, retail companies are bowing down and capitulating to 6% of the population, 7% of the population. And those numbers are actually inflated because of the un- unsubstantiated jump in the non-binary and I don't know what gender I am and whole nonsense going on right now. So, Glenn Greenwald had a few things to say about this.
3: What has
2: happened is that the gay and lesbian movement, now the LGBTQI2 plus movement, the acronym seems to expand on a weekly basis, has really become a movement of power. Every institution of authority practically is on the side Uh, This movement, they have the banks behind them, corporations behind them. The president hangs the LGBT flag at the White House. It has become a movement that has the support of almost every sector. And as a result, it has become a bullying movement, just like any power corrupts people and corrupts movements. I believe that's what happened with uh, the LGBT movement as well, where it's no longer sufficient to say, let us live our lives the way we want. It has now become, we're going to force you to live your life the way we want. We're going to force you to teach your children things that you don't believe in. We're going to force you to affirm. Ideas that you don't actually believe, and we're going
1: to tolerate no dissent. Okay. Well, I think Glenn Glenn's been saying what I've been saying for a few weeks now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's something something's not something's not right. And again, the LGB group should be up in arms. They should be furious. They should be fighting to take back what they fought so hard for to get there. So part of the problem with the the TQI group, and they deny it, and I'm not saying they all are a part of this, but of the 7% that are them, there is a significant amount that are, shall we say, not children friendly. Uh, These would be Uh, Old school, the pedophiles. uh, New school, groomers. And most recent school, uh, minor attracted person. This isn't someone that's got a a thing for someone working in West Virginia. These are minors that are under the age of 18, under the age of 10, under the fucking age of 5, that these... Sick bastards are attracted to. Um, Mel Gibson has had his issues over the years, um, but he's he's on his way back. He's he's finally gotten past some of the some of the blackballing that went on in Hollywood with him. Um, but Mel Gibson has a lot of dirt. And I think he is probably real close, real close to letting it rip. I think Mel, Mel's at the point in his career, uh, and I think as, as he might phrase it, he just doesn't give a fuck. Um, but listen to it from Mel himself.
0: You ask most people what their number one fear is. <clears throat> what, what do you think it is? People's number one fear is public Humiliation, okay? I don't give a fuck anymore.
4: Mm.
0: I'm not afraid of it. Because I've had plenty. And now, it's just time for me to say I'm tough. Because what does not kill you makes you strong. So it's, you know, whatever you hear. Hey, you only believe... You never believe anything you hear and only believe half of what you see. My mother told me that. Mm.
1: And it's pretty... Okay, so... I'm waiting to see what comes out next about that. Uh, I know he has, and there are others that have pointed the finger at the fact that uh, a good chunk of Hollywood uh, will eventually show up on the Epstein uh, records when they finally release uh, those, if that ever happens. Uh, Keep in mind, uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, officially killed himself, um, and his, his girlfriend... Who kept the records is in jail, uh, but no one, no one, has actually seen the documentation that indicates who Epstein and his girl were selling children to, giving children to, uh, pimping out children to. Um, I. I think I and I'm gonna say this I think this is this is this might just be official presidential act number one if Trump gets back into office, and I think that is why they are scared shitless of the man, but anyways uh speaking of Trump, and I'm gonna end out the segment with this. Uh, when Biden got his uh, whatever it was, passed through uh, yeah, Inflation Reduction Act that actually raised inflation, uh, backdoored a lot of his Build Back America Green initiatives and uh, things like that, he touted, he touted and you'll hear it out of his own mouth, that he got companies to lower their insulin to $35 So this is 2023 and then I'm going to play you a quick clip right after President Trump in 2020 talking about the same thing that he accomplished three years earlier but the press didn't give a hoot uh, We always joke that Trump can find the cure for cancer and no one would care, no one, and they would find something wrong with it just because Trump, Trump discovered it. Um, this, is, this is probably a very close representation to that.
0: Prescription drug companies to bring down the price of insulin to $35 to everyone, not
3: just seniors. And today, Eli Lilly, the largest manufacturer of insulin in the United States of America, agreed to do just that. 35 bucks for hundreds and thousands of seniors enrolled in medicare that's a big deal participating plans will cap cost at just 35 dollars a month per type of insulin and some plans may offer it free the press won't even cover it but uh, they'll cover things that are unimportant
1: okay so, Don and Joe have indifference of words. Um, I think knowing everything you know now about not just this, but other things going on uh, with COVID, with this current administration, this current White House, uh, the botch in Afghanistan, uh, the fact that we are no longer energy independent. Uh, and I may, I may do this as a retro uh, if you were to go back and listen to the 2020 debates when Trump called Biden out on every single thing and he stood there and lied, lied that Trump was crazy and, and didn't know what he was talking about and he didn't say that and he didn't say this and he would never do that and he's for this and he's for that and he has proven it all wrong uh, a lot of it within the first hours Biden was in office January 21 so this is Anvil this is the Radio Free Anvil show and I am ending the broadcast now I'll be looking forward to talking to you all next time thanks